Before this morning, I want to progress in a thought we're going to call here, Signs of the Season. And we'll be here for the next uh, four Sundays up through Christmas Day. Um, so five messages, five, just a short series here dealing with uh, some things that we see this time of year, some symbols, what they mean, what they initially meant, and how we can find Christ in those here uh, this morning. So Isaiah 9 is where we're going to be. If you want to turn there, we'll be there in just a few minutes. But as always, we like to talk. So uh, my hope is that we'll be able to find, even when we go to the store or when we're at the gas station, when we're at school, and we see these reminders all around us of Christmas that we'll look beyond the temporary seasonal decoration or the song uh, or the, the candle, and we'll look deeper into why those things were issued initially. So we're going back here a little bit to remind ourselves of things that are true. And this has kind of been a common practice with God. He's always reminded people to be mindful. So when the Israelite people passed through the Red Sea and they came out on the other side, he told them to remember this, right? Set up an altar. Uh, on the 10th plague, when they were set free, right? You put the blood on the doorpost so that death angel would, would pass over you. And so every year from that point on, they were to celebrate the Passover, right? Just to remind themselves of what God had done and then to pass that on to the children. When God led the people through the Jordan River, again, parted water and they walked through. On the other side, they got these big rocks and built an altar. And the purpose of building that altar was so when you walk by with your kids, your kids would say what? What is that? They're curious. They want to know. And it would give you and I a chance or them a chance to point back to a time in their life where God had met them there. Right? So remind people of these things. Here in a few weeks, we'll remind ourselves of the broken body and the blood that was shed for us through communion. Right? And Jesus said, do this as often as you do it in, in remembrance of me. Okay? So we're talking about being reminded here this morning. And think about Peter. Peter wrote two letters. And in both of those letters, he writes and he says, I'm writing this to you to remind you. So that when I'm dead and gone, you'll be able to look back on these things that are true and be reminded of, of who God is in the midst of your situation. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do with the signs of the season. And I, I hope that that can take place here. So the word Advent means what? I feel like I just preached this message. Like how can it be Christmas already? Or just Advent. We, we talk about Advent every year. Advent means coming. Right? It's the idea of expectancy. So the prophets before Jesus came, they were celebrating Advent even though they didn't know it the way that we celebrate it today. They were waiting for the long promised Messiah. Okay? We're still in the process of Advent because... The same God who gave his son is the same God who's promised that he's coming back, right? He's sending him again for, for his people. And so we look forward still yet for the coming of, of the Messiah, this second advent. So I pray that as we go through this series, church, this will be uh, kind of just draw out again the real wonder of this season. Um, you guys like Hallmark movies? Some of you are afraid to admit that. Maybe you don't like them at all. All right, but I hope that we get more than just the Hallmark feeling is what I'm, what I'm talking about. Because that comes and goes, right? You watch a good movie and oh, you're ha or happy and kind of sappy. And then something happens and that's gone and you're just frustrated and annoyed all over again. So let's look at the real heart of the season and I hope that this will be, um, I hope that will be rekindled in us here again as we work our way through this, through this series of messages. So Isaiah 9 is where we're going to be. And I want to talk here just for a few minutes, all right? So we've just come through a wonderful holiday, and I hope that it was wonderful for you 
this Thanksgiving holiday. And when we think about this time of year, we tend to think about things changing, right? So the second or the first Saturday of the month, there's a change that takes place. It's called time change, right? And so in November, we look forward to the time change. And maybe in November, you think of temperatures changing, right? So we're making our way out of that kind of summer flow into more of this early winter kind of feel. So you've got that kind of change. But I also think of leaves changing, right? Anybody seen any real pretty trees this year? If you haven't, drive down Pontoon Road. There's a real pretty one at 2604 Pontoon Road. You can check it out, right? But these things are amazing, right? They just draw us out to wonder at God. I've had the opportunity here a few times to sit out in the middle of a woods over the past three or four weeks and just watch these things transition, and it's amazing. These greens going to bright golden or going to kind of this real deep red color or orange. And you just sit there and you're amazed by God. But you know, I was out yesterday and I was looking at those same trees and now these leaves are, they're falling and they're brown, the ones that are still on. They're kind of bland looking. You know, it just, it looks like death. But in the middle of this woods, there is one tree that stands tall. Can you guess what color it is? It's green. It's green and it's an evergreen. And so that's what we're going to look at today in this symbol of Christmas. We're going to look at the evergreen, all right? Because it never changes, it never weakens, and it never ends. And we'll look at that through Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. So if you've got your Bible, let's turn there. We're going to talk about the colors of Christmas. When you think of Christmas, what two colors come to mind typically? Red and green, okay? Red and green. Did you know that there is significance behind the red and the green color? Well, you will today, hopefully, all right? So our early brothers and sisters felt like it was important to be reminded of things that were true. And so just like the Old Testament, God told Moses, write, the wor write my words on your doorposts. You know, put them on your foreheads. Talk about it all the time with your kids when you're walking or when you're sitting, when you're lying down. Always be mindful of who God is. Our early brothers and sisters thought it was important to set in place some reminders so they didn't lose the Christ of Christmas. So it didn't just become some sort of holiday decoration. And so we'll try to draw that out here again this morning. Isaiah 9, though, we're going to go verses 1 through 7. A familiar passage as you think about uh, this time of year. But we're going to try to get beyond a baby in a manger and to see today what this is actually all about. So if you'd like to follow along in your Bible, you can. If you'd like to follow along on the wall, you can follow there as well. All right, it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. So when you get to Isaiah 9, Isaiah 8 is talking about a pretty rough picture for God's people. People who are struggling, people who are suffering, people who are distressed. But he's promising that something better is yet to come. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation, you've increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, it will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so today I want to look at the colors of Christmas, all right? Now, typically we focus in on verse 6, which talks about unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and lists some of the names there of this son. But right in the middle of this, that's right in the middle of God helping us understand his kingdom. And so when we talk today about the sign of the season, we're talking about the kingdom of God, not just a baby and a manger. As significant as that was, as miraculous as that was, there was a bigger purpose than just the child in the manger. And so we're going to try to move beyond that here this morning. Uh, and these, listen, these reminders are all around us, but we're going to deal with one evergreen in particular today, and it's an evergreen that looks like this. So what is this? All right, this is a Christmas wreath, and you can probably buy these for 30, 40, 50 bucks somewhere, all right? Did you know that this has Christian roots? All right now, don't misunderstand me. The wreath was not made by Christians. Right? It was something that was used to express like peace or victory or joy. And the Christians adopted the wreath as a way of reminding themselves of what this time of year is all about. And so it's an evergreen wreath. It's got these red berries on it. And we're going to highlight our two colors today, red and green. So I know some people sometimes get bent out of shape when other people don't say Merry Christmas to you or whatever. You know, or it's all Happy Holidays now or when they... They don't post Christmas anymore at stores. Um, but the truth of the matter is, it's all over the store. At this time of year, you walk into any store that sells any kind of Christmas items, and you'll find what two colors? Red and green. It's everywhere. So though his name may not be on a banner somewhere, that's irrelevant. The message, the symbol of Christ is everywhere. And so just like Jesus often said, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll see and you'll hear things that are true as it relates to Christ and all of these holiday decorations. And so for today, we're going to look at one in particular, that being the Christmas wreath. Now, back in the day, when Christians first started uh, adopting this as a symbol of Christmas, they would hang these in their front window. How many of you hang these in your house on a door or on a window? Okay. You know what that meant back then? Back then, it meant that Christ had entered the home. So when you walk down a sidewalk or you walk down a gravel road and you saw one of these hanging in the, in the front door or front window, you knew that that was a house that believed in Jesus Christ who had welcomed him as their Savior. Now, how often do you look at this and go, oh, they believe in Jesus? Right? When your neighbor has this up, uh, people that you live around, right? sometimes we just see the holiday decoration, the symbol, and we miss the whole point Behind, behind that symbol. So, and I think this is also a good lead-in. So if you have a neighbor who's an unbeliever, this is a good chance to walk by their house. If they have a wreath, just walk up and say, hey, I didn't know you believed in Christ. And they might say, well, I didn't. And here you go, right? Well, why are you hanging a wreath? Well, it's a Christmas decoration. Oh, I thought maybe you knew the history of the wreath. Can I share it with you? And you have a chance to share with them about a kingdom that uh, never changes, never weakens, and never ends. And those are our three points here today if you'd uh, like to note those. You're sure enough welcome to. 
All right, so let's go back to our text here and work our way through uh, the characteristics of God's kingdom. First of all, they never change. They never change. And this is really encouraging for me here today. Isaiah makes this clear. So let's go to Isaiah 7, or 9, verse 7, rather. Uh, and it says this, Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so we see there's going to be a kingdom ushered in, and this kingdom is always going to be the same. There's nothing about it that will ever change. And so all of this is accomplished through the coming of the Messiah. And so here it says it's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of justice. It's a kingdom of righteousness. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And one way to, to word that would be it's immutable. It will never, ever change. Uh, so for those who live under that, this is something for us to consider. Right? I find courage and comfort in the constancy of God. And I hope that you do as well. In a world that's constantly shifting, I find courage and comfort in, uh, in, in this way that God works. So let's just relate this to what we've come through. A few weeks ago, we came through this presidential election, right? So you've got uh, one man who has a way of doing things, and he thinks that's the right way, and he's going to step aside here in a couple months. You've got another man coming in, and he's going to do things probably in a different way because he thinks his way is right or better or is the way it should be done, right? So what is that called? That's called change. And so for 40-some presidents, this is what we've been doing, right? Since the start of this country, this is what we've been doing. You had somebody who served for a while. They led the way they thought best. The next person would come in and make some changes because they think this would be better. So sometimes this creates worry and stress and fear, you know, that kind of anxiety in people because we're not comfortable with change, right? And so here I find comfort when I look at a wreath because it says to me, this kingdom, this evergreen kingdom, so to speak, will never change. It's always the same. How many of you have evergreens in your yard? You got a tree, a bush, a shrub, something like that. Every time you walk past that thing, it's always the same. Never changes, right? It's always green. And that's the way it is with the kingdom of God. And so as we think about Christmas, I know we want to get, you know, kind of in that sappy, kind of make me feel happy kind of mood. But when Jesus came in, he came to usher in a kingdom. He came to further establish what had been started from uh, before there was time. All right? So it's bigger than just gifts under a tree or a wreath even on a door. Um, it's about this kingdom of God that he's ushering in. And so here we've got an evergreen wreath. And some people see this as a decoration. That's just all it is. And they'll hang it up. We'll hang many of these tonight, won't we? We've got several of these we put on the doors and around this facility. We'll hang a bunch of these tonight. So you might look at that and you might straighten the bow and think, oh, that looks nice, it's pretty, and walk away thinking that looks Christmassy. Or you might pause for a minute and just let the greenness of this wreath remind you that the kingdom that Jesus ushered in will never change. His peace, his justice, his righteousness, it's always the same forever, all day, every day. That's the kind of God you serve, all right? So the, the characteristics of God's kingdom are never going to change. Let's go secondly here this morning. The colors of Christmas. Not only do they remind us that he's constant, but they remind us that he's also strong, that he never weakens. And so he has power not only to establish, but he has power to uphold the working of his 
kingdom. And so when you think of something that's green, and evergreen is a sign also of life and of this kind of vitality, this, this strength. And so when you look at the green wreath, that's something else to note here. Now this is fake, all right? So obviously it's evergreen. But for one that would be connected to its root or to its power source, it would forever be green. It would be giving life and strength always. And so another reason early Christians hung this in their home was to remind themselves that God is never too weak for what it is that I'm about to face. So not only does his kingdom never change, but he has all power to not only uh, start or start the idea, but to establish it and then fulfill it. And so as this reminder would hang in their window, it would encourage them as they thought about the strength of their God. So let's read this again. Isaiah 9, 7, Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so this is the power of God. The desire that God has for the glory of his name will make this thing happen. This is the zeal that Isaiah is referencing here. So a kingdom is not only established, but a kingdom is going to be upheld through the power of God. So tell me, what in creation can conquer the kingdom of God? Nothing. I don't think Peter was walking around with a wreath after he had his conversation. You remember when Jesus called him, you're this rock? Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not what? Prevail. Against, okay, so Jesus didn't, hey, here's your wreath, Peter, carry this around. All right, That's not how the next verse goes. But he very well could have. Because what Peter heard then is what you and I need to be reminded of today, that the kingdom of God always prevails. Nothing ever conquers God. So never find yourself stressed or worried or anxious over things changing because his kingdom never changes, nor does the strength that he has to establish ever weaken. And so you've got the color green. You've also got the color red here, and here it's symbolized with some berries or the poinsettia leaf. Uh, from a poinsettia plant. I don't have time to go into that one. That's a neat story. You ought to look that up. Uh, it has Mexican, uh, Hispanic roots. But we're going to talk here today about these red beads. And so often, people who would hang, Christians who would hang this in their door or in their window as a sign of the never-changing nature of God, of His kingdom that never changes, they would also decorate it with these little red beads. And often, the evergreen they used had red berries on it. And so they would make a wreath and hang this in their window. All right, so we're talking about red, and we're talking about power, power to not only establish, but power to uphold. When you think of a red berry, what does it make you think of? Blood. That's absolutely right, okay? So you say, Corey, that's a little bit odd at Christmas time to be thinking about blood. But here again, we're, we're looking past the manger and trying to get to the point of the reason that Jesus came. It was to usher in this kingdom. All right, so they would look at this and they would see not only does my God never change, just like this evergreen never changes, but he never weakens. And everything that he works to accomplish, he can get it done. And he's proven that in a very personal way through drops of blood. Right? It's through the blood that sin is paid for. It's through the blood that we're saved. Lots of old hymns talk about blood or there's power in the blood or I've been redeemed by the blood or I've been uh, strengthened by uh, Emmanuel's veins. And so it's these words that remind us of the redness of Christ, which was his blood that had the power to not only conquer our sin, but to 
save us. And so for those who are saved, tell me what conquers you? Nothing should, right? And so that's what that red berry served these families as. When they would walk by or walk in their house, it was constantly this reminder that my God has the power not only to sustain his kingdom, but my God has the power to finish what he has started in me, this work of salvation. Nothing can conquer what the blood has purchased. So think with me for a minute. How many of you think you need a reminder in your life of maybe an evergreen reminder of the kingdom of God and of this power that's able to sustain? I know that I need reminders. In our house, we have this chalkboard, and we have to walk past it to get outside. And so it changes typically with the season. But on this big door chalkboard, there's typically a verse or a thought. And so you can be having a rotten day. You can really be stinking it up as a parent or a spouse. And you walk past that door, and right now you'd see a pumpkin that says, Give thanks to the Lord. Uh, It's just a reminder that whatever we're going through, He's always worthy of our thanks. Right? And so that's a good reminder. So here, maybe when you hang a wreath, or maybe you don't have a wreath, maybe you'll go buy a wreath. Hang it on your front door, and every time you pull into your house, you see that wreath. Let it serve you as a reminder. My God never changes. His kingdom is established from the beginning. It's always one of peace and of justice and of righteousness. My God has great strength to uphold that kingdom. And so just because we change presidents doesn't mean that there's going to be a new king on the throne of heaven. That seat is not vacant. There's no election for that position. It's always his. And anything that he establishes power in, he gives power for those people to conquer. So some might just look and see a wreath with red little berries on it. However, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it's a reminder that God's strength never weakens. It never gets to a point where he cannot uphold you, never gets to a point where his kingdom will not be upheld. Uh, and before we go to three, I think a good, a good picture in my mind anyway is, is have you you've seen a holly bush, right? Holly bushes are evergreen and they've got these red berries on them as well, but the leaves on a holly bush are all pointed. I think a a snow-covered holly tree is one of the best symbols of Christmas because you get the whole gospel in one little picture, right? You've got those thorny little leaves, that evergreen, which points to a, a thorn, a crown of thorns. You've got those little drops of blood, which speaks to his payment so that God is satisfied with our, or with his son's payment for sin. But then you've got the white that just kind of covered by all the red, Right? And the Bible says, for those who believe, they shall be white as snow. All right, so beautiful symbolism in all of these little decorations of Christmas. So you may have holly in your home. We've got some holly uh, that sits around candles, and it's got the pointy leaves, and it's got the red berries. I think it's even colored a little bit with white on it, okay? All these things are there to serve us as reminders. So when you walk into Walmart, don't just walk past the wreath. Maybe you stop for a minute. And you say, man, that reminds me of my God. He's evergreen, which means he never changes. And he's got these red drops of blood, which has purchased my salvation, and I can't be conquered, neither can his kingdom. And then it would lead us to this third thought as well here this morning. The colors of Christmas remind us that the kingdom of God never ends. It never ends. So when you look at the wreath, what shape is this? Okay, it's the shape of a circle. 
And I'm looking at the back side of this thing, and I can't even begin to tell you where this thing starts and ends, okay? Often we talk this way when people are getting married, and we'll hold up the ring as a symbol of this eternal kind of undying love that Christ has had for us and that we are to have for the person that we are just vowing or pledging our life to. Here, it reminds us of the same thing. You've got this circular wreath, this circular evergreen, of which there is no beginning and no end. And so what we could say about that wreath is that it is eternal, right? It's always been and always will be, and we read that clearly in our text here this morning. So we've got a, a kingdom, so to speak, a reign of a president that will end here in a couple months, right? We've got a new president that's going to step in. His reign's going to stop either whenever his health does or the next election or the next election, right? So there's a time limit or a term limit there. When it comes to God, there's no term limit or time limit to his kingdom. So it's a forever kingdom. So this should speak courage and confidence to the believer. This should really begin to excite in us and awaken in us, again, a desire for that second advent where we are where he is or we are with him uh, where he is. And so let's go back and read one more time, verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no what? There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. All right? The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So if the kingdom of God remains forever, how does that work for those who are part of the kingdom of God? It works the exact same way. All right? So for those who are part of the kingdom of God, kingdom of God doesn't begin when you and I pass from this life to the next. The kingdom of God begins when salvation begins its work in us. And so we are part of this kingdom. And yes, it will change in future days, but it will never end. So this, this never weakening, never changing, never ending um, kingdom of God is what you and I are privileged to be a part of. And so for some people, when they look at a wreath, again, they just see a holiday decoration. But when other people look at this evergreen wreath, they let it serve them as a reminder that what I'm a part of never ends. It's forever. Right? So here is the beginning of the signs of the season. And I would say your heart's probably not fully prepared for the Christmas holiday. I know that mine is not yet as well. But I'm asking God to awaken that again, to rekindle in me again the wonder of not only the birth, but what was ushered in when unto us a son was given. And so here it is, there's a sign, or there's a symbol for you and I this morning. And for those, again, who have eyes to see and ears to hear, you can see and you can hear that this kingdom of God, it never changes. And that's talking of the character of God. There's nothing about Him that ever changes, and that gives me great comfort. I can't tell you, that's one of my favorite attributes of God. We can talk about his love and his grace and his holiness. All those are great. Don't misunderstand me. I mean, they're all co-equal. But when I think about he never changes, I find great rest in that, great peace in that. I don't have to wonder what kind of mood is God in today. I don't have to wonder, is there grace for my need today? He's already said there's grace for my need. There's no change in that. And so I find great comfort in his immutability. For those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it also reminds us that uh, these things will never end that they will last forever, that they're permanent, and that the strength of God to establish a kingdom ultimately will be the strength of God that is able to uphold you and uphold me as members of that kingdom. And so what I wonder today is this, 
You might look at this and see a $10 wreath or $50 wreath. Or maybe you'll start to look at this and see something a little bit different. My question to you is, when you look at this, what do you see? You don't have to answer that out loud to me, and I'm not saying you have to answer it the way that I've shared it this morning. But the whole point, the whole reason there are Christmas wreaths at Christmas time is because there were people like you and I many centuries ago who said, I need a reminder of what this is all about. And so they went out and found something that would never change, never weaken, it would never end. And it served them always as a reminder of their God. And so when you look at this wreath, friends, what do you see? 